Good morning, everyone. Whether you're in person or online, we welcome you here. We're so glad that you could participate. If you're here in person or online, we still continue to offer a number of community resources available to you. If you're interested in pursuing any of those, you can contact us during the week at 780-462-8444, going to our website at calvarycommunity.ca and using the contact button there. And please, Continue to text in your, your questions during this because I know most of you wait until the very absolutely last second to submit your questions and then I'm here scrambling to read them and copy and paste them. But thank you, Pastor Bev, for sharing this morning. I think, once again, this is a much needed series like we've talked about this, this past month. Um, and this morning we have Pastor Doug joining us on the panel. Pastor Doug oversees a number of our administrative positions here, here on site as well as uh, a number of ministries relating to those. Pastor Bev oversees our community initiatives and, and outreaches. And this is our resident model, John Doe. He's the strong but silent type, but he's gonna be joining our, our panel here this morning as well. And my name is Nathan Zebra. I'm the pastor of young adults here and the pastor of IT, whatever that means. So starting off with our first question today, Pastor Bev, you mentioned putting on the armor of God before battle and not during it. What does that look like for you in terms of morning devotions or getting up to pray with God or with your time with Mandy? Well, I would say with regards to personal devotions, that, that really is my time to put on the armor of God, especially to allow the word of God speak into my life. So when I step into the day, I've already heard from him speak to me, challenge me, encourage me, maybe occasionally rebuke me. But to me, that's a key part of my armor, putting on my armor every day. Now, Pastor Doug, a few weeks ago, you talked about you and your wife praying together, you and us kids praying together when we grew up and our mom pouring into our lives that way. But what about you personally? Do you listen to things on your way to work in the truck, in the shower? What does that look like for you? Sure, the Bible talks about uh, having the mind of Christ and we, we have a choice. It's a, it's a choice of our will as well because we know that um, our mind is a battlefield that, that the enemy comes at us and attacks us. So in the morning, we can turn on the news or whatever, and we can hear that so many more thousand people were infected, so many more thousand cases. We can hear about the, the fear, the anxiety, the discouragement, or we can go to the Word of God first thing in the morning that says, God is my refuge, God is my shelter, God is my protection. Um, you know, and so having the mind of Christ means that we're in the Word of God, we're setting the tone for our day by focusing on His Word and what He says to us. Uh, if we focus on the wrong things, then we'll have the mind of the world, or, or we'll have a carnal mind, and we will, f you know, fight those things during the day. So Pastor Bev talked about the importance of hope and the importance of the Word of God and stuff, so that's very key. I know for me, I never want to reduce my relationship with God to practicality, but something that works really well is I have a, a few devotional apps for my phone, and I'll pop on a five-minute devotional while I'm in the shower, and there's been times where I've been deeply moved, and in fact, my wife has been like, are, are you okay in there? And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, Hannah. I'm spending time with God, but. I tried, I tried that once, but it ruined my phone. Oh, yeah, well, I don't take my phone with me into the shower, but 
it's uh, baptizing your technology, right? Um, Bev, you mentioned discouragement and doubt being some of the specific things the helmet protects us from. What are some of the other things that the helmet of salvation protects us from? Well, I think that those are actually very significant things more than anything because it almost sets you up for failure. When you start to become discouraged, then you begin to doubt. If you begin to doubt, you can then begin to become disillusioned. And if you become disillusioned, then you can become depressed. And it can just go from bad to worse. Right. So to me, those are, are two keys. So that's why I'm sort of sticking to that, is if you don't deal with, with the discouragement and the doubt, it takes you down a road that could eventually lead to death, maybe by suicide even. So uh, to unpack that a bit more for, for both of you, uh, mm. can you briefly explain a time where you've had to, to stop and go, okay, I'm going to put on my helmet of salvation or I'm going to get into the word, I'm going to work out my salvation that way, and where you've had to make a conscious effort to stop in the middle of what you're doing and, and put on that armor? Okay, I'm thinking of a time uh, a number of years ago when I was in the um, superstore in Red Deer and um, going through a difficult time in the pastorate. And I remember specifically reading, uh, quoting scripture that I had memorized, and I can't remember the scripture at the moment, but I, rem I literally said it out loud in Superstore. Now, there weren't many people there, and it wouldn't have made a difference, but I remember quoting scripture saying, I need to say this to assure myself of God's care and concern for me as his child. And it was tremendously helpful just to quote it and quote it and quote it to affirm what I knew to be true, but my emotions were saying, well, God seems to be abandoning you at this moment. Thank you. What about you, Pastor Doug? Yeah, I clearly remember uh, times as a project manager feeling overwhelmed and so stressed because a multi-million dollar project was going the wrong way or having problems. And I remember the battle in my mind being so overwhelmed with stress, being so overwhelmed with anxiety and fear that I had to close my office door and I had to make the choice to lift my hands and praise God and thank him that he was my strength, that he was my help. I had to thank him that he was my wisdom and that he had a solution. And even though in, my nat in the natural I felt overwhelmed, when I started to encourage myself in God and praise him and thank him and quote his word and ask for wisdom like his word tells us to ask for wisdom, my, my soul would calm down, I would calm down and I would feel that peace come over me. But it's, it's an act of our will at times that we have to choose to focus on God and not be overwhelmed by the circumstances. So the similarity there being both of you said you had to continually quote scripture, continually pray it over yourself because it's not often a one and done situation. It's something you have to consciously choose to do over and over. And retrospectively, it's, it's really funny. When our, when our son was, was first born, he was dealing with a mild case of jaundice. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Nobody was concerned. But to Hannah and I's new parents, we were just freaking out. We thought he was about to die, right? And so on our way to the hospital, we had to stop in our hallway and go, okay, Father, we're making you Lord of our son's life and Lord of our minds no matter what happens to him. And we had to make that conscious decision to say, God, you are Lord of our mind, of our thoughts and, and the situation. Um, which brings us into our next question, Pastor Bev. You referenced... I was just going to add to that if I could real quick. Sure, just briefly. Would in be Proverbs great. it says, as a person thinks in their heart, 
Now you're like, whoa, wait a minute. A person doesn't think with their heart. But really, there is a connection between our mind and our heart. And what we put in our minds, what we think about, what we dwell on, affects our heart because they're connected. So if we're in the Word of God, if we're in prayer, then our minds and our hearts become stable. And then as a person thinks in their mind, so they are in their heart as well. And so it's very important to keep our minds focused on the Word of God. Yeah, and, and with that, that actually changes our direction a bit, but it works into the next question. Pastor Bev, you referenced hope being a much deeper word and concept in its original language than what we define it as in the English language. How would you encourage people to seek out that hope in the midst of the fear and anxiety and worry that they see in the culture today? How would you seek out that hope in terms of what Pastor Doug was talking about with filling your life, your heart with that, that hope in, in Christ? One simple thing to do is go to a number of the Bible apps. A Bible Gateway is one I often use, and literally type in the word hope and then start seeing what Scripture says with regards to hope. I found that in, in my sermon preparation, sometimes I will pick a particular word, and then when I start going through Scripture, I go like, wow, that the implications of this are so, so wide and so deep. So oftentimes it's going back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? and then memorizing key scriptures so that when the time comes where hope seems to be missing, what does the Word of God say? The Word of God encourages me tremendously. And there have been occasions where I wake up in the morning and instead of having my quiet time, I'm on my phone and looking at something on YouTube. And it doesn't take very long before I'm going, oh, oh God, I got, I'm putting this down. I've got, I got to get back into the Word first, set the, the foundation for the day. And then this other things, well, then it'll be in perspective. Just like you know, Pastor Doug said, the Word of God first, and then you can face the day and have hope in the midst of various challenges we face. Which plays into what you talked about with the battle already being won. Mm. Um, now, to, to dive into that, we know the battle's already won. We know that it's not in our hands. But how do we as believers understand that the battle's already won, but still uh, co-partner with Christ to bring about his will here on earth while not sitting back and going, oh, the battle's already won. I guess I don't need to do anything. Sure. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare are not natural or carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So strongholds in our mind, strongholds of fear, strongholds of anxiety, casting down imaginations. So our imaginations can go in crazy directions and, and bring about all the bad possible scenarios, casting down imaginations uh, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God uh, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedient or bringing into obedience or captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. So every thought, every negative thing. You have three sources of thoughts. You've got your own thoughts, you've got Satan putting thoughts in your mind, and you've got the Holy Spirit. But every thought should be filtered through the Word of God. If you have a thought that says you're awful, you're sinful, you're, you're the scum of the earth, that is not what the Word of God says about us. It says we've been redeemed, we've been saved, God loves us. So we take that thought and we 
bring it into captivity um, through the word of God. So, yeah, I, uh, I think of an example back to Bible school where uh, one of the professors referenced uh, the enemy being like a, a branch that's been cut from the tree that hasn't fully withered yet, that the branch is removed from its life source, but it hasn't fully withered yet. And so even though it's already been severed, even though the enemy has already lost and been defeated, we still have to realize that we're in a fallen world until Christ comes back, uh, there is going to be that, that battle. Um, Pastor Bev, when you were preparing for this message, what were, what were some of the moments where you faced spiritual warfare uh, while you were researching, while you were reading other authors? What are some of the, the, the battles you fought as you were preparing for this, this word today? Because we talked about uh, a couple Sundays ago with, with OJ just how common it is for speakers and ministers to face that, that battle as they prepare to bring the word. What are, you don't need to get into instances specifically, but were there times of that, that spiritual wrestling? One of the uh, experiences is when there's, you realize just how much information is out there how many depth of insight, you just, it's almost like overwhelming. Like for example, the, the sermon could have easily been twice as long or more. There's just a, a depth to the word of God. There's a depth of understanding. And it's like, God, I have to be able to focus. So that's why I end up doing, I look at material and pray, God, what, what is really going to be what you want to say to us? So it's asking God to sort of put the things aside that really are very good but really may not be what he's wanting to say. Because I believe that God wants to speak to each one of us and all of us together at Calvary. And perhaps things were said today that were very specific for some individuals. And perhaps many other good things could have been said, but there wasn't time and that wasn't God's intention. So it's, it's that focus, what do you want me to do, God? Try to discern that and then do the, the best we can to present that. Uh, Pastor Doug, I think of C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters and how often temptation comes as things we would never expect temptation to, to look like, uh, such as, as hunger or distractions that are, that are good relating to your ministry. Has there been times with you as well where you've prepared for uh, a meeting where you're bringing the gospel or a message where temptations or distractions have come up like that for you? For sure. I think one way to kind of distinguish what are unusual attacks or attacks from the enemy, because in all our lives, we, we do have a sinful nature and we make choices from our own flesh. We make sinful choices and their consequences. So that doesn't mean there's a, a devil hiding behind every bush or a demon behind every bush. Um, there are some things that are just a result of our fallen nature that happen. But let's say you have an unusual argument with your spouse or, or something happens that is really not a normal thing in your life and it's, it's really quite striking how you, um, you can't even uh, imagine how this could have happened or this could have taken place. Many times then we recognize that the enemy is at work and, and I can say that, you know, there have been times preparing to preach and 
and you have a, an argument with your wife and you walk into here and you've had a, a huge argument with your wife that wouldn't be normal. You normally wouldn't get upset, but you start to recognize those things as, as attacks of the enemy or as, as pastors on staff. We, during our day, sometimes something comes up and we're like, wow, that is not a, a usual thing. And so constantly we, we do see things that are, are you know, from... Um, the spirit realm that are that are attacking us, and then sometimes there are consequences that are just because of our poor choices or poor poor decisions. So, yeah, I think that's a delicate way to put it. There's there's been times where we've faced issues with technology uh, during a Sunday morning, and we've done everything we can to eliminate any hiccups or or surprises. But something still happens, and we go, okay. Is this part of the spiritual warfare we've been talking about? Is this just because we're fallible? But I think that, well, I believe that prayer is never a waste of time, right? That it's, it's never a waste of time to stop and say, you know what, we're going to pray over this, this anyways. And to transition to our next question, Pastor Bev, this came in last minute here, but providing examples, um, how have you been affected when you've been helping others who have been at a different place in their faith and maybe don't understand these examples of spiritual warfare or don't understand the importance or significance of putting on the the full armor of God. I can think of instances where I've been involved of counseling individuals and I thought it, it, it's, it's a standard um, situation and then afterwards feeling just exhausted and then I asked myself, so what was different here? And I thought, Bev, you didn't, you didn't take the time to first verbally submit yourself then to God and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. I remember one instance where I, I, I was at an event and I was just wiped when I was done. And then I said, God, what happened here? And it was like the Holy Spirit just reminded me, Bev, you need to ask for my protection each day. You need to ask me to fill you each day. And I allowed you to experience this so that you would be reminded that you need me. And I I was encouraged. I was challenged at the same time, but realized that in each situation, I need to be on on my game. I need to make sure that I've prepared for the battle, which I may not anticipate, but may happen. Pastor Doug, uh, what about you? Uh, have there been times where you've met with somebody who hasn't been that, in that place on their, their journey? They don't understand the significance of the armor of God. How would you coach them or, or explain to them how that's extremely important to be putting on the armor of God without saying, go watch our latest series on the armor of God? Sure. Um, I think that... I mean, you mentioned it earlier and Pastor Bev touched on it. We live in a fallen world and we have an enemy who hates us because we're made in the image of God. And so he is constantly coming against us, fighting against us, and we can't do anything in our own strength. If you think about the the sons of Sceva in, in the book of Acts where they tried to cast out demons in, in the name of Jesus because they saw Paul and them doing it, and it was like, no, they, they did not have the power of God. They were trying to do it in their own strength. So anytime we go into a day thinking, I got this, I can handle it, no problem, we set ourselves up where the enemy can come in and, and take us out. And 
the Word of God says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. And that word sound mind means a mind that is not easily moved up and down by emotion or fear or anxiety, but it's a sound mind. It's a mind that is stable on the Word of God. That doesn't mean we won't have fear, we won't have anxiety, but when it's founded on the Word of God, it becomes sound, it becomes stable. And I would encourage people, that is so critical, especially in this day and hour that we live in. And I think that's a a good point to close. Um, I I really appreciate practical examples because that's how I understand best. I I watch YouTube videos instead of reading a wall of text. But somebody once put it to me this way, that you wouldn't drive your car around without a seatbelt. And there's an enemy that is driving his car looking to crash into you and take you out all the time. So putting on your seatbelt is a way where you get into the word, you're in prayer, those are the airbags. There's all sorts of measures that you need to have to to ride around safely and not just be defensive, but in the offensive position as well. So thank you both for being on the panel today. Pastor Bev, once again, for going into your message about not losing our head, the helmet of salvation, how to protect our mind. Uh, We look forward to next week when Pastor OJ talks about the sword of the spirit, and we'll have an actual sword here too that he'll be swinging around. But no. Okay, I'm going to close in prayer, and then if you could direct your attention to the screen afterwards, that would be great. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here today, whether in person or online. We thank you that we have this freedom to, to get together to share the gospel, Father. We thank you that no matter where each one of us is at, that this armor is available to us. It's available to us at any point to put on, to stand firm, Father. We thank you that we don't do things in our own strength, in our own armor, but instead we dive into your word. We dive into what your spirit has for us, that we enrich our life with your plan and your purposes, Father. We thank you that we'd be able to to stand at attention and recognize the difference between spiritual warfare and and what else is going on around us. And like we prayed earlier, that we wouldn't be distracted by the worry, the anxiety, the fear, and everything else that's going on, but instead we would don that helmet of salvation. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.